Welcome, everyone, to this special Future Cities podcast with me, Austin Williams, Director of the Future Cities Project in London. And today we're joined by several architects and academics in Lviv, in the Ukraine. All of them are involved in understanding the future needs of their country, the regeneration, the development of the future, as well as protection and preservation of artifacts and urbanism today. So we have Maxim, Bordan, and Yulia. Welcome to all of you. Thank you all very much uh, for uh, attending this uh, conversation. So l- let me just start by asking you just to introduce yourselves, a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you studied. Let- let's start with Maxim. So hi. Uh, thanks a lot, Austin, uh, inv- uh, that you invite me on this podcast. And uh, I'm from Western Ukraine. I was born in uh, Western Ukraine, studied uh, in uh, Lviv and finished uh, university here because I've st- I have started here. So, And uh, uh, then uh, in 2010, probably close to that, uh, I was a postgraduate student to find my dissertation in 2018. And uh, like during, from 2012, I was working, uh, I was started my working at the university as a assistant for a professor. Now I'm associate professor in our department, architecture and conservation. And my interest is regeneration of uh, historic cities, housing blocks of historic cities, and uh, the hobby, modeling. And uh, this, I love to do that. And uh, so this is my passion. Right, good. Uh, when you say modeling, you don't mean that you show your fashion style. You mean you, you make models. <laughs> I could, yeah, scale models. Like, they call scale models, yes. <laughs> Uh, I, I, can, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, I can see Maxim, he's wearing a very stylish uh, jacket at the moment. Um, but look, uh, we'll talk about, we'll go into a bit more depth in a, in a moment, but just let me just get a sense of who you all are and where you're from. So if I come to Yulia and then we'll go. Uh, okay, thank you. Uh, actually, I'm, uh, I'm originally born in Odessa on the south coast of Ukraine. And in 2019, I moved to Lviv to have my PhD thesis there. So if I calculate how many years I'm in architecture, it's been, it could be like 16 years already. I don't think I'm the only one, not only one. I mean, like with the, with the situation in Ukraine, I have a possibility to travel and move along the Europe now. So yeah, if you ask him where I am now, I'm visiting my friends in Poland because it's Easter time and to share with them this special moment. Yeah, so it's kind of curious to to see how even our friends how even our family shift and change the cultural and traditional aspects of their lives so just briefly update where we where i am and how many years i'm in architecture very good very good thank you very much julia uh bodan tell us a bit about yes and about me uh, my name is bodan hoy and uh, i'm an architect Uh, i was born in ternopol in western ukrainian and after that i studied in uh, national university lviv polytechnic and uh, uh, just now I am an associate professor on uh, architectural environment department and uh, um, many years I work as an architect. My parents was architects and uh, maybe more than 20 years I have architectural practice. Just now I am a chief architect in my bureau a7 and uh, uh, three years uh, i was the chairman of the uh, associate of architects of our city and our region and it was a very good experience for me as uh, 
public person and uh, for my scientific uh, researches uh, it uh, as usual is dedicated to public buildings and theater buildings especially for national organization and uh, different culture centers that is why it's um, Eastern, interesting field for my research and my phd work research work it was dedicated to jewish theater in ukraine very good. All right. Good. That's a nice short intro. Um, let's let me ask each of you in, in turn just, just something a bit more detailed about yourself because I've kind of read through your CVs and seen some of your uh, presentations. So, Maxim, you you do research as as several of you do into um, fortification. This is a quotation: the fortification of historic cities. So, I'm just wondering what that means to a Western audience. Are you talking about you know today's war situation, or are you talking about historical fortifications? Tell me a bit more about it. Uh, yeah, uh, historical fortifications, because uh, as I mentioned, I was born in the western part of Ukraine, in small city, Rahatin, uh, and uh, practically all cities in Ukraine in uh, medieval, I mean, uh, 17th, 16th uh, centuries, they have to have a little bit of fortification. It was different. It could be earth fortification. It was uh, it could be made of wood or uh, stone and it's totally different that fortification uh, now even uh difference between fortification of 16th 17th century and 19th century is it's huge because uh, the different type of uh, war a different type of guns and now it's a different type of guns that it was in, in even during the second world war so uh, are there principles involved um, not just the materials but in terms of how you defend the city has, has that changed uh, yes, because uh, that time, uh, that things uh, were, which I'm interested in and I uh, studied. So uh, it's like the walls to defend uh, from archers and uh, uh, like very primitive uh, weapons. Uh, now we have to have a distance to the enemy and stuff like that. So it's totally different. It's, it, it can be used for uh, like a fortification today. So very quickly. Since you mentioned it already, tell us about your 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 museum architectural scale models that you you do. Yeah, my first model that I have made of fortification it was Tustin. Uh, Tustin, uh, you probably seen uh, my presentation of uh, Tustin, but it's a very interesting castle on the top of the uh, not not mountain. Mountain is uh, oh, made of course, yeah, but uh, rock wooden and uh, it, it is a wooden castle and uh, all the wooden uh, constructions were built into the. Uh, stone and it was really very interesting because we could, could find out what was the shape of the of wooden walls uh, because we have marks on the on the stone and uh, this was my first uh, scale model i rebuilt the stone uh, of plaster and uh, then i fit on on the top of the castle made of plastic this time not wood but uh, it was idea to, to show the um, volume uh, volumetric system of this uh, object the most interesting part of the modeling for me is uh, research how it was built uh, when it was built how it was changed uh, during the time and um, this is scientific work because i can i mean i also did uh, a lot of models of um, like advertising models for um, for housing, but it's not so interesting. Uh, it's just a model. You have a drawings and you make it. And, but yeah, only business, you know. So by making the model, have you understood more about how the real fortifications were 
used and made? Uh, yes, because uh, uh, if it's lost, I mean, this certification, uh, which were wooden, is from 13th, uh, 12th century. It's uh, not exist anymore. Uh, we have only a few remains. But uh, the, when when we were modeling this uh, castle, so we find out a lot of uh, different uh, places we couldn't find. Uh, we couldn't know how it was built. But when you uh, make making a model, three dimensional model, so it helps to understand uh, how it was connected and what it should look like. Uh, without modeling, is uh, only with drawings, it's difficult to do. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, look, that's a, that's good insights. Bodan, over to you. So, um, first of all, there's this memorial to the heroes of the Nebesna Sotnia, which I think is a very important um, piece of work that you've done. And then also, you mentioned already the this work involving Jewish and Ukrainian culture and the key issues that you found out through your research. So, you want to just tell us a little bit about both of those? Um, as for me, it's uh, both interesting topics, but uh, maybe uh, as for me, uh, my uh, architectural practice, practice is a very important part of my uh, studying practice in university, uh, because uh, many uh, my students uh, uh, work at my bureau, and we work together, and uh, this memorial, uh, which you told, uh, this memorial dedicated to the heroes who died uh, during the European Revolution in uh, uh, 1913-1914, and uh, it was uh, very scrum, uh, scrum, yes, in uh, our history, and that is why uh, this place is very important for our city and uh, for our country. And it was it was a really interesting experience because it was the architectural competitions uh, for this place, and uh, the winners uh, was three students and postgraduate students. Students, uh, uh, two of them uh, was my students from university, and we work together. And after that, we have um, long time for realize of this idea, and it was a very interesting time because uh, in uh, another city haven't uh, such big memorial, and there are places in Ternopil and Ivano-Frankivsk, but uh, for example in Kiev we haven't uh, the memorial place don't uh, still now, and uh, it. Uh, con have connection with political problems, with uh, different economical problems, and just now it's war problems, yes, and uh, all uh, the public spaces stopped uh, the realize of them, but uh, Lviv have this good place and uh, place for memory, because only uh, just now we understand that uh, all this uh, revolution process not stopped in uh, 2014, and it's uh, have... Uh, have continued, uh, continued till now, and this war is... Uh, continuing of these problems of our uh, destiny and uh, our uh, we want this direction to Europe 
not to east, not to Russia, and we have uh, this uh, good way for our country and our people. And uh, about my researches, it's uh, not uh, devoted or uh, exclusively to Jewish history, but it's very important uh, scientific field. And uh, just as for me, it's more interesting that uh, culture building for national organizations, for national group, in, especially for this group who live from another country or from another nationality in the nationality uh, environment, yes, uh, as like Jewish people in Ukrainian uh, yeah. environment, yes, and Ukrainian people in modern uh, empire and uh, Austria, uh, Austria and Hungary empire and Russian empire. And it's, it's these connections, this influence, and in which way we can use uh, this experience in modern building. It's very interesting for research and for uh, different uh, lectures, topic, books. And that is why it's interesting for me, especially nowadays. Very interesting. I mean, you've started to talk about some of the issues that we'll come on to in the rest of the conversation. I think, obviously, we're talking to you in the Ukraine. We can't avoid talking about mm -hmm. the current uh, war situation with Russia. But uh, let's have uh, Yulia just to talk about some of the work that you're doing. It's very, I mean, you're looking at the erosion uh, and then the protection of uh, famous sites. Tell us about your, your work. Currently, I'm involved uh in the process of document, documenting cultural heritage losses, especially destruction, as you say, erosion, and sometimes just loss of the building. And just maybe clarify shortly for the audience that this process started from the very beginning of war and the government and volunteers, they tried to collect all the information that they got in the open resources and especially on the field. Um, about the cultural monuments or historical monuments or even um, expositions in museums, how many of them are lost or how many of them are were moved to, to Russia, for example. Um, there was a short question uh, from you previously, if there is difference between the, uh, the gradual uh, change in the architectural monuments and uh, what is the difference with the uh, wartime uh, destruction? So they are completely different. If we are saying that it's like natural reasons of destructions, like weather, temperature, sunlight, in the wartime you have explosions and they're mostly connected with the construction and the, uh, the structural structural um, uh, side of the monuments and uh, sometimes you can't even predict how it would be huge loss or it will be just partly like decorative losses and um, I think um, this work is now quite neat uh, because we, I think, my personal opinion, in nearest future, in nearest few years after the war, it will be really difficult to rebuild, a, especially architectural monuments, uh, because most of the budget, most of the money will be concentrated on housing, of rebuilding cities, infrastructure, to give people work, to give people education, and the cultural monuments and maybe museum expositions will be just a symbolic. Um, objects of 
the wartime and the future like goal to rebuild them to once again to restore them and this why that's why it's really needed now to collect all the photos all the drawings all the information into huge database uh, first to show how how much we lost during this year and the next uh, how many um how much money or how, how much professional how many professionals or even like time investment we need to restore before wartime so um yeah currently i'm working with this database i collect photos i collect information i'm trying to make uh, small uh, descriptions of the lost monuments as well we are communicating with the volunteers and our friends who are now on the front line so to get the uh, fresh and updated information about the cultural heritage, even just, you know, like um, uh, historical buildings, not the monuments, just uh, for really old buildings in the cities and villages, just to make a, a picture. Uh, if we are losing our uh, historical portrait, Ukrainian portrait, or we can still keep it in the future. Can I jump in? Yeah. Because I, I mean, it's a... I don't know whether this is a flippant question, but I think it's quite important from what you, you've all just been saying. In terms of what's been going on in the West, there has been a discussion about the destruction of monuments, about the rejection of history in the West, the destruction of monuments. And I just wondered what you think, because you're talking about the preservation of history, the continuity with the, the past and remembrance of uh, national identity and there's been a certain rejection of that in the west so what what do you what's your thoughts i'm interested in what you think uh if my colleagues uh, don't mind i'm gonna start and give them uh the word after uh because this database is not only with uh you know like famous architectural monuments in ukraine it's also we also collect data about modernism about the uh, 80s 70s uh, 90s uh, in ukraine architecture and art it is monumental sculptures it's monumental uh, mosaics it, it also like just generally you call the monumental art and as well as ukrainian modernism in architecture and it's really uh, i mean like it's partly ridiculous because people trying to get rid of everything about this Soviet times like we don't need them we don't like it it's like we don't understand it but at the same time you can find the really pieces of art which were created by Ukrainian artists and this is sort of dialogue um, professionals should know much about that work and like uh, to be a lawyer to just to conquer with the audience like the people that know we have to save it because this is the piece of ukrainian art you can ukrainian culture on in that time not just because it's historical yeah and um, it's really in like it's hard it's hard to be all the time protective with the please leave this mosaic or leave this sculpture because this movement is really harsh it's really quick and sometimes the decision making is uh, up above uh, in the government organizations, not just around society, without any dialogue, without any um, like round tables, uh, what that mean or what we need in the future. Yeah, so this is like my point of view. Because now you've mentioned it, it's interesting to see whether there's a rejection of Russian heritage and monuments and a protection of the Ukrainian national monuments. So how does that 
how does that work for you guys? Over to you, Maxim Bourdain. My opinion, actually, uh, Yula's right in that sense that, uh, in a lot of senses, <laughs> but uh, that it is really fast uh, movement. But at the same time, it is uh, like people don't want to see anything which is connects uh, they with Russia because Russia is totally different from us and uh, different mentality. And uh, very often, the, yes, uh, the monuments are interesting, it's pieces of art, but it's like for that personalities who killed Ukrainian peoples. And it was erected when it was uh, Soviet Union. So it's sort of personalities who helped us to leave uh, fascist Europe <laughs> at that time, you know, like that. It's, and now it's a different uh, view and different direction of fascism, yes. But uh, at the same time, if that monuments are monuments like uh, in the list of monuments, so it can be ruined uh, like, uh, like this. So um, I know that uh, a lot of different monuments like that connected with the Second World War or even a little bit later, uh, they're still standing on their places. And uh, there is uh, uh, some uh, decisions of Mr. Vlada. Yeah, exactly. uh, authorities, uh, local authorities. Local authorities, yes. <laughs> uh, that it should be moved, not destroyed. It should be moved to some other place. Because in our region, we have initiative that it must be open-air garden, which uh, mm -hmm. we called... Uh, uh, labyrinth, I don't know if labyrinth. English, labyrinth, uh, labyrinth of uh, totalitarianism. And we have museum of totalitarianism uh, just now. Uh, and uh, all these sculptures uh, from Soviet period, it's uh, conservated and stay here for maybe for future. It will be very interesting to show it as collection of these uh, sculptures and uh, masterpiece of different way, mosaics, uh, pictures, uh, drawings, and uh, et cetera. And, uh, but uh, just now it's only as initiative. It's, uh, it's beginning of this process. And we have uh, many small cities where these monuments, it was single monuments in these villages and cities. And that is why it's really big problem for future. We must create new uh, public space, new places of memory. And just now we have this war for our independence. And, uh, and new, identity. Yes, and identity. It's new heroes, new uh, soldiers, new victory. And that is why it's the beginning of this process, but we, we must lay down yes, all our past history. At the same okay. time, uh, one point, uh, a lot of, uh, really a lot of amount of uh, different bounties are typical in different places. A lot, a lot of Lenins, a lot of uh, other soldiers. Uh, soldiers. It's typical. It's uh, even not made of stone. It's uh, made of metal in the same shape. And, and concrete. And, and maybe concrete, yes. Yeah. And uh, so do we need uh, all this uh, collection of <laughs> all the same yeah. monuments? No. So that's why it's not very... Uh, the Most of all, uh, monuments like that are destroying very often. Yulia, you have a you have your hand up. Yeah, Bob just mentioned about the villages and the typical like monuments. And I remember that I saw the same figure of soldier. I think in the in town in town of 15 the same villages, and they were all painted in gold. 
And I was so shocked that gold is actually, we paint the domes on the, on the churches, uh, like Orthodox churches. And I see the Soviet soldier painting in gold, like, what is the meaning? Why people in the village are so proud of it and painted in gold? And I'm, and just to, like to add, uh, the, the most people want to get rid of symbols. They want to get rid of stars, uh, hammers. They want to get rid of colors. They want to get like typical molded figures in the environment. So it, this process is okay. I mean, like it could be because it's it remind them about something in the past or now in the, in the, in a daily basis. Because Soviet Union is like shifted to Russia directly and we can't change this association this is the direct association so that's why we get we're trying to get rid of this really small small pieces really quickly about the small decoration forms and maybe coloring but at the same time if we are talking about the monuments uh, of uh, unknown soldiers or unknown uh, I don't know like um, ships and etc it's as said uh, as uh, Bogdan said it's a public spaces it's the huge territories which have to be rethinking like uh, it should be re reinterpretation of that of the places and maybe uh, as well as was said we have to put in in it a new meaning this what we have now this war and maybe it's going to be really good for our society in the future to communicate about this trauma that's really fascinating but in terms of odessa obviously odessa has a very i mean there's lots of places in the ukraine which has a link to what went on in the 1910s 1920s in russia which reflects on revolutionary moment where the where the sailors joined the revolution, the Odessa yeah. steppes, the okay, very yeah. kind of classical monument, but you mm -hmm, know it has mm -hmm. it has historical memory. So I'm just wondering what you what you do with those things. Do you keep it? Do you reinterpret it, or do you get rid of it? I think uh, you know, like actually, for Tomkin stairs, which were dedicated in the in the beginning of the twentieth century to this ship Potomkin, mm -hmm. um, last few years they tried to shift this historical uh, like legend because previously the stairs were built as big stairs. And called like Odessa Big Stairs. Uh, some of, some of the uh, historians call them bridge stairs because mostly it's a construction of the bridge. I think it's how we actually can experience history. We create new topology, new toponyms. We create new names of the the same places. And for past generation, Potomkin Step means something. It was something for them in their history, but now new young generation, they can't even connect these two uh, names uh, and as, especially to the historical environment which they explore. It's a really huge question because about the destroying the Russian imperialistic history and maybe shifted to another meaning because Odessa, originally Odessa as the form of city was built by Ekaterina II and we can't say let's destroy it, no, because there will be no Odessa at all. But at the same time, 
before it was a small city, Turkish Osman city, Kachibi, with a long, long history before. And now more important, just to connect all these historical lines, saying that before Odessa, it was a settlement and it has its own history and we have to renew it. And next, that it was a period with the Russian Empire and next, Ukrainian time. And what is the future of Odessa? It's more importantly than to say cancel all the things like oh no we don't need it we have to destroy because a lot of historical monuments architectural monuments spaces were built at that time and associated with that time but we can't just say like let's destroy it and build new one yeah so it's that dialogue it should be a dialogue very good very good okay guys i'm not going to come back to you on the same question we've had a very interesting discussion about odessa but i can't go into every every geographical region. But let me just quickly ask you, um, because I think a lot of people in UK, in the West, will be surprised that you know you are still teaching in university. So you know, can you just give the listeners a sense about what the impact, what the effect of the current war situation is with you in, in Lviv or more generally in Ukraine? Maybe just now we not only teaching we uh, we have this returning to university because it was a coronavirus crisis and two years we uh, have the uh, meeting with our students only in online right. way yes and only just now uh, this uh, war pre- period. Uh, we can visit with our uh, first and second year students, and it's <laughs> sorry, very sorry. Yes. Uh, the uh, coronavirus were more dangerous yes, than more. Than <laughs> the first and second courses uh, yes. now in university. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, just now, now we're present yeah. in university with Maxim, and uh, uh, as for me, it's. Uh, it's very good opportunity because uh, I uh, I like discussion with students. I like uh, looking for their eyes during lectures, and that is why, as for me, it was very good time in London when we have this experience with your students. And just now we bring these interesting ideas to our colleagues, to our uh, lecture, in our lectures, in our studying uh, project practice. And uh, as for me, it's uh, uh, it's not a problem because maybe uh, because we live in Western Ukraine and it's uh, more safety uh, territory, but it's very important for our students We uh, because just now we have diploma students who not uh, visit uh, practice uh, in university, in classrooms uh, for a long time. It's very big problem for them. And just now we have this opportunity. Do you have many Western students attending your university? From Western Ukraine or Western <laughs> part of Ukraine? <laughs> Sorry, my, my language is very, um, yes. very UK-centric. Sorry, do you have any people from Western Europe? During the period of war, uh, so practically all international students leave U- uh, Ukraine. We have uh, some students pro- from... Uh, it was Morocco. I spent every uh, I've got uh, like a few years ago from Morocco and I think uh, Turkey and uh, uh, yeah, mostly it's the south uh, part of uh, Arabic, uh, Arabic yeah Arab countries. Arabic countries. But we have to mention that they do 
a really good job because they started Ukrainian and they tried to communicate with us in Ukrainian language. So a lot of thank you for them because it's sometimes really hard for them. And for us, it's easier to to work with them. I mean, like if they know the language. Yeah. But at the same time, they don't know English. So, <laughs> so it's easier for uh, to have a lessons in uh, in Ukrainian, Ukrainian language. language. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, I want to thank you all for speaking to me in English uh, because my Ukrainian is very, is very limited. So uh, it's very general, very generous of you. No, I'm I'm just interested to see about you know how the how how day to day your lives are. Do you have is is the war impacting on you? dramatically or are you used to it now or what i mean uh, i will continue my thought um now it's very similar to normal life because uh, i mean now the spring winter was really exciting it was out of light it was out of electricity and uh, autumn was uh, really uh, the beginning of autumn actually was uh, quite good here in the uh, western part of ukraine because uh, they we we didn't have at that time uh, that massive bombing bomb attacks uh, rocket attacks uh, the second part of autumn was uh, really dangerous probably because we didn't in university we don't have uh, so a lot of bomb shelters to keep all students inside that shelter so this is this was a main uh, main problem but at the same time uh, now the we decided i mean university decided to have a uh, first two courses uh, offline and other courses online and it's quite this works quite good yeah, for for us i mean and uh, really to see the eyes of life uh, students <laughs> so it's to see by your life eyes the life students in the aud uh, auditorium so it's much much better much interesting much uh, um, it's really yeah. important for architectures. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Because you show how to theoretical, we have practical uh, things, and we must to do model to draw pictures, and that is why it's very important. We can't do it uh, online. Yeah, it's quite well, difficult to show by uh, in teams <laughs> how to to glue or to draw. No, well, I'm delighted to hear it because very often there's too many lecturers in uh as i say the western europe who are still keen on teaching on teams we don't have a war so it's, it's delightful to, to know that actually even in your difficulties you're still recognizing the fact that face-to-face -face teaching is the most important aspect so let me let me quickly move on um in terms of the rebuilding first of all maybe some of the heritage you can explain to us as to what it is that you are uh, identifying as some of the most important buildings but generally in terms of successful regeneration projects because you are looking beyond Lviv you are looking beyond western Ukraine you're looking at the the aftermath of the war and the necessity for rebuilding and regeneration so tell me a little bit about the work that you're doing in terms of understanding the needs in the future may I please I just like return to models <laughs> You can speak about your models of Mariupol. Yeah. It's very uh, interesting because it connects with this. So we, when um, the war started and Mariupol was Zakhoplany, uh, 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 by Russians. Yeah. Uh, so I 
I got an idea, but uh, the idea was born to create the model of uh, Mariupol because we, uh, with Bohdan, when Bohdan was the head of uh, architectural society in uh, Lviv, we created the model of Lviv, uh, like the white model of uh, Lviv, with uh, a projection uh, how it was developing during the time. The model, that exhibition called uh, Death and Revival of the City, something like that. Uh, and I thought that it will be really interesting to show a Mariupol in such a way, to create the model of the old city and to uh, make a research how it was uh, looked like before, not before the war, but when it was founded, when the core of when the, where the heart of this city was and uh, how it was took by Russian and how, how it was, I'm t talking in the past because I'm thinking the nearest bridges it will be the past. Uh, how it was took by, uh, took took back by Ukrainians, uh, by us, and uh, it's a good place for future and in which way it can be uh, look like in future yes. time. Because new city, new city with new identity, new ideas in urbanism, and that is why it's very good place. For, uh, for this work too, not only about history, but about future time. In that model, we, we did a research with students uh, about that city, and it was founded like in uh, 17th century, and it was a Cossack fortress. And uh, so after that, it has a fortification, a core fortifications, and it, it wasn't Russian. So, and practically all of that, all of that heritage, Ukrainian heritage, were destroyed during the Russian uh, period, and it was Russian Empire and then Soviet Union. And that same situation in probably all cities of uh, eastern part of Ukraine, Bakhmut, the same uh, thing. Uh, so uh, this is uh, really uh, important to show how it, how the cities were uh, changed, how uh, cities were uh, maybe destroyed during the war. And this will help us to understand what the further uh, steps will be. Uh, so like that. So that, that's why the researches of the transformation of the cities uh, during a big uh, historical period and during the war is a really, uh, really needed thing to understand the identity, our identity, where it is still, what we should uh, preserve, what we can uh, remove and uh, um, how we can show in uh, that situation we have uh, our uh, our identity let's say this way so how does that manifest itself i mean how are you demonstrating that are you you're developing like design codes certain rules for urban renewal urban development is that how it works Sort of, but uh, it's really difficult to do uh, the same rules for all cities because uh, each city, each each street, probably even individuals. So it's really difficult. History, yeah, original history. So principles. There are principles. Uh, a topic of few dissertations. So it's really difficult to <laughs> highlight this all this uh, stuff uh, here. Yeah, there's never enough time to talk about these in, in depth. But since Yulia, uh, you're in uh, Poland at the moment, yes. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, I mentioned in some of the notes that this this conversation about authenticity, it's a very fascinating topic in itself, but authenticity of urban renewal, what it actually means. So when you look at Warsaw in, in Poland, I think 85, 90% of the, of the entire city was destroyed in the Second World War and they rebuilt it. And I was talking to a friend of mine just last week who's just come back from Warsaw and he didn't realize 
that the city had been destroyed and rebuilt because it was rebuilt exactly as it was in 1946, 47, you know, reflecting on 100, mm-hmm. 200 years of history. So what, what do you think about the, the, uh, the idea that after wars, after, say, the Second World War, lots of Western European countries built in a modernist way to, to reflect a rejection of the past and the start of something new or rebuilding to recapture history and to relive uh, the authentic past. What do you think about those two styles of development or two, two ideas? Where do, you, where do you think Ukraine should go? That's a big question, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's really big and complicated because we can't say like we need the first first part or we need the second part um it depends how society will react how actually people who will return in the nearest future back home and say that i want to see my city i want to see my home as it was because mentally for them it couldn't be like like mean something but it even you, if you look through Poland, it's not also Warsaw, it's also Krakow, it's also Gdańsk, and Gdańsk now still in that process of rebuilding itself from the Second World War. Um, and I think uh, Warsaw is like a really huge political symbol because for after the Second World War, they needed to restore the country and the symbol of the country was the heart of Warsaw and after restoring it even it's now look like uninhabited it looked like more without with the shops malls and cafes now with the people who live there but it's a huge symbol that the country renovates itself after the long long period of time it will be also need in Ukraine uh, there are some settlements which actually lost their portraits lost the image and for people who will return and the new generation will be they will be asking like what was before war and we have to decide like on government level maybe on society level what what city is going to be restored in previous uh, in previous way or what cities we have to creating new like business center industrial center just to keep the country floating and developing so i think it's the question mostly for urban uh, planners for as like we call them like city builders like urban planning projects and i don't know investments but at the same time we can't we have to remember that we are working with people with their memories with their attitude and feelings and because we are ukrainians we and we 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 we, we are combined now with a, a common trauma we have to go for further with the new ideas and new feelings about our future not I'm asking a lot of people around Europe and in UK as well, uh, are they going to return? Do they want to return back? And most of them, like 99% say yes, but I need to have a reason to come back. So what it should be, their homes or just a way of living, Want to? they want to rebuild Ukraine, I don't know, it depends privately. But most of them want to return to their previous homes, previous cities. 
I'm not saying about industrialization. I'm not saying about, you know, like development of the country because there, is, there will be some points that we just need to put a new structure, new cities, new factories. And it's needed because the country should like develop. But at the same time, if we say saying about the settlements that people will uh, just leave, it could have their special character identity and we have to uh, like restore it as well just to, to show that before Russian-Ukrainian war, there were history and a huge, huge time of history. Very interesting. Okay, Maxim. Uh, yeah, sure, sure, if you want to. No, no. Sorry. <laughs> so when I was working in my dissertation, uh, like regeneration of housing blocks of uh, historic cities, so it was uh, practically main conversation in that, uh, how we should do. And uh, actually, I... Uh, find out the three uh, main ways. Totally new, totally old, rebuilding, like it's uh, in Warsaw, yes, and uh, combination. All of these uh, ideas is uh, okay, depends of uh, the situation we have. But uh, the less of uh, all these uh, ideas, I like uh, totally new, because we forgot. Totally new means not only housing new, but also urban planning. It's uh, demolished all, all history and uh, destroys our memories. So um, this is not that idea we can use. I mean, in my opinion, uh, at the same to restore all we had, uh, it will be a lie because we lost a lot of uh, objects. And um, so that's why we have to find a combination of uh, preserving and uh, creating a new architecture, but the core, the identity should be preserved. This is the main thing in the nations, probably, to rem remember who you are, who you was, uh, what did what did you went through? So yeah. this is also uh, very important. Okay, well done. For me, it's a good experience, maybe in Dresden, we have several years of, of our department uh, with cooperation. Uh, with two Dresden and uh, the architectural faculty. And um, it was the period when the central part of Dresden will be rebuilt. But it was a very interesting experience <laughs> because uh, for a long time after the world, world wars, the second uh, was passed, and for them, it was a decision after the German uh, Union. Union, yes, Western and East part, uh, as a period of rebuilding their history. Uh, in a period uh, DDR, yes, it's a Soviet uh, occupation period, it was only the uh, place with forest, with uh, squares, and only in the beginning of uh, uh, 21st century, it was rebuilt as a historical urban uh, situation, but with different building. And there are building uh, is uh, unique re reconstruction. It's not restoration, maybe it's reconstruction of historical phase, but with modern uh, inner containers. Yes, it was modern, but it's the same scale, not the big, not the small, but uh, in the historical scale. And uh, there are portals, uh, different uh, uh, faces, but one big building 
and it's interesting experience too in which way we can use it all of these places have underground uh, uh, parkings it's very important for modern uh, using but when you go through this uh, historical environment you uh, understand in which way it was looking before destroyed in the beginning of 20th century in the center and uh, it was really very important for this city but in the beginning of 21st century it's uh, more than uh, 50 years it's, uh, 70 years yes go through this period and uh, as for me it's a good way because when we speak about uh, capital of Poland, yes, Warsaw, it was very fast and it was decoration. It was theater way. It's, yeah. uh, it's not historical. It's, uh, but it's good for one way, uh, for one place. But we have another city. Like a symbol, yes. yes. Yeah, like a second. And that is okay. where we have this experience. And it's very interesting when Maxine told uh, maybe this war, it's not the first war in the history. Yes, we have the same period in Lviv. There was time when Lviv was destroyed uh, finally, but it was rebuilt, renovated. And we have our city in. Uh, uh, and you see it, yes, in such way, and we love it. <laughs> also the same situation in Poland, they were not hurried in rebuilding of the central part of their cities. And the, uh, this rush during the rebuilding the cities is the worst thing. So uh, central part, the, the historical part should wait a better time and better understanding of the situation. So that's a, that's a, a very, very important point. Because uh, just very quickly, in terms of, what's happening now in the conversation about the future of the Ukraine. There's, uh, well, two things. One is that obviously Ukraine has developed a large debt, you know, because of the war, it's borrowing and it's taking, you know, armaments and tanks and money from America, from UK, whatever. You know, these countries are not doing it out of love. So there may be some debt. And one of the, one of the things you can see is that you know Norman Foster? Lots of Western architects are considering how to rebuild the Ukraine after the war. I just wondered what your view is on that. You know, as Ukrainians, there you are teaching architecture, and maybe outside architects are advising you on what's best. Do you think that's a good thing? Do you mind? Do you care? Or is it a problem? Okay, uh, about that. Uh, it's better to lose with the smart than to find with the dumb. <laughs> so <laughs> we're losing, but with the smart people, with the normal, with, with not normal, with a better society. So we find like uh, less expensive, less expenses with Russia, and we have a result now. So let's we pay more, but we pay for a better way of uh, living. You change the plans. Yeah, this is the sort. <laughs> it's and, worth the money. Yeah, yeah, it's worth the money. <laughs> and uh, what's uh, connected with uh, modern architects from Europe and Norman uh, Foster and other people, uh, other architects? So uh, it's it's okay to to understand their opinion, to understand their views on the situation, but it will be a big mistake to take this uh, idea and apply uh, without uh, without of, um, implementing it 
into the our mentality and our heritage sites and society it's good to, to have a, a lot of opinions uh, a lot of ideas thoughts but uh, it should be our uh, decision yeah i would say that it's better to have a media rotation uh, talks about ukrainian and how for example in mass media norman foster gonna rebuild uh kharkiv and present the future project it's good for us because it's the pr it's, it's like in media they are also talking about ukraine but at the same time you know the same uh, Sir Norman Foster has a project in Crimea and it's really controversial because he started his building after uh, Crimea was approached by Russians. So we can talk even just about the responsibility, social responsibility, political responsibility of architects. And uh, personally, uh, I think most of us are going to say, or most of my colleagues going to say, cooperation with the European architects and European bureaus is a great, great point for us, even for privately architectural development in our practice. It's good. It's good. But at the same time, as you mentioned, as we talked previously, how it will be integrated in the society and in Ukraine and how it actually going to be built, because we have the examples how it's really good looking on the renders, on the pictures, and it can say, oh, you have a bright future. But when we go to practice, when we build it, it could be completely different. And as, as well as the usage, how Ukrainians are going to use these buildings or these cities, these projects. So yeah, the collaboration is good. Most and integration to the people and Ukrainian society is more over. It's more important. But it's the process. We can we can we can influence on that process. Very good. Very good. Uh, Bodan, you have. Any comments? But it's, it's very complex questions, and uh, because especially uh, I have a big conversation with our colleagues, especially not only in Lviv and in the central part, from Kiev, from Odessa, from Kharkiv, and uh, all of them afraid that when it was money from the West, it must be uh, developers and architects from the West. And that is why we, our profession maybe die in Ukraine because it's a very, very big task for us to work together. And that is why, especially for nowadays time, uh, we uh, need this conversation with our colleagues from Western Europe, and not only from uh, UK, not only from Poland, but from USA and maybe from Eastern part uh, of Asia, uh, because we have, we saw especially maybe in such ways, uh, in such cities as Dubai, uh, Singapore, it's, we need only 10, 20 years and we can destroy it all and rebuild all. But is it good for us? Maybe we need this time for understanding, for Suppressed, uh, invite. Uh, invite our people from who go uh, f during this war to another countries and uh, their idea is good basis for this rebuilding very interesting all right look uh, my final question to you 
we were talking earlier about the war and then you mentioned COVID. And for lots of people in, you know, looking at Ukraine, we we didn't think you had COVID. We just thought you had we just thought you had a war, you know. So um in in the same way you're talking about rebuilding, you're talking about um you know starting new cities and, and what have you. Do you do you consider these topics of energy, environmental issues, sustainability, are they part of your conversation? Or are you, you know, that that's a, a minor aspect and actually rebuilding is a is the most important thing to do, however you have to do it. Um for me actually now it's uh the sustainability and energy efficiency architecture and stuff like that now is more needed, more important with understanding uh, what it could be look like. Uh, this winter we understand that energy <laughs> is uh, uh, very important because yeah. when it was maybe, especially in Odessa, it was several days without electricity. In the winter, it's a really big problem. And we no water, no electricity. Uh, and that is why uh, all the modern way of building and of living, uh, it's very important for modern architecture. Maybe in the past time, for us, it was only very popular in Western Europe. It's very modern, uh, modern yes, but uh, uh, just and now. Fashionable. Yes, it's maybe fashionable uh, architecture way. But just now we understand it's maybe it's have to be. future, it must to be, yes. I agree with my colleagues uh, and I, because I lost last summer, I got the summer school at uh, uh, Vienna University, Technical University, especially with about possible about standards of sustainability and energy saving. And for me, it was, um, I'm sorry, just for, uh, for us, mind blowing information because like after several years in uh, architectural design you have your own pattern of like drawing and like producing projects and when you see how many many years Europe is facing with the problem of carbon neutral building like zero waste and central for Ukraine for me it was like oh it's something really new but now we accept that we have to build completely new structures, completely new process of building should be developed. And I'm just gonna say that a lot of people now, my colleagues, my friends are working to with the adapting European standards to Ukrainian building laws. And as well as some of the even developers thinking about to change the process of building because uh, it maybe now it's not so i mean like today uh, on in on like on this day it is not so important i mean like we're still rebuilding and um i don't know like renovate housing but yeah, in the future if we're gonna build new construction sites if, if we're gonna have a new settlements we have to use that uh, european um, experience and european energy saving systems and apply here in Ukraine to be more stable, stable and sustainable. So yeah, definitely it's the main topic now in the nearest future as well. Yes. The last, my last point, 1997 or 1994, when, it, when we actually lose the status of nuclear uh, country, I mean, not lose, we just uh, freely 
um, present to Russia. Yes, all our nuclear rockets went to Russia. And we were sure that uh, we are safe because uh, all uh, nuclear uh, countries will defend us. Uh, we, now we understand that it was a mistake. I mean, a mistake to, uh, to believe that it is safe, not to uh, lose this uh, power. It's, I mean, um, but we can trust to our uh, colleagues, to our neighbors, but we have to be prepared. So uh, this uh, understanding came only today for other countries, probably a little bit earlier. I mean, the North countries. Uh, so they always have uh, bomb shelters in uh, public spaces and stuff like that. We don't, we didn't. And now probably it will, it will uh, go so much better. But the main reason, uh, the main thought is uh, we, we have to trust our neighbors, but we have to be prepared to different uh, relations. <laughs> this way. I mean, there's a distinction between nuclear power and nuclear bombs. I understand the point <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that, that you're making. I would only warn a lot of energy saving and sustainability in the Western model is very, very, very bureaucratic. Uh, so if you can avoid that part of it and just do the energy saving and the better insulation and the you know, solar mm -hmm. panels, then, then fine. So be cautious. Is what I would say in your in your development uh, and looking at looking to the West. Um, all right, look, final. Uh, that was the final question, but I can ask you one more very very swift question about what the what the future holds for you and the and the Ukraine. What's what's your prediction? Uh, I don't I, I don't want to predict anything or I don't want to plan anything quite serious because the uh, situation in Ukraine changes day by day. Well, most of us, I think, keep the good and uh, kind things in the future, as well as we will uh, build something, that we restore something, that we're going to put ourselves in all of this rebuilding process. Especially about me, like in my nearest future, um, I'm starting new research project, coll um, collecting the memories and uh, like how to say, how art transforms memories into dialogue. Uh, especially with the artists in UK. So if somebody gonna listen to us from Ukraine who moved to UK and like is now working on their own artistic projects like sculptures, paintings, performances, dances, or like filming something, I'm really kind of asked to come to contact with me because I would like to know how how they shifted from Ukraine to United Kingdom, what are the memories and what the kind of memories they had about Ukraine and what they actually would like to have in the future if they come back, uh, like qualities and character. So I'm going to be mostly concentrated on that till summertime and who knows, it's going to be an exposition or, or going to be something more interesting than just museum exposition, I don't know. So this is how I see, and mostly it's work continuously working with students to set for in, inside their minds uh, how it will be really necessary to next few years and next generation to work with the Ukrainian heritage and Ukrainian as playground. So yeah. Uh, Bodan Maxim, 
I don't want to speak along, but we have this proverb says, yes, uh, when we together, we're more stronger than when we're alone. And we must uh, remember it. That is why we must be uh, include to uh, infrastructure of wall, uh, vault architecture. And uh, that is why we must study, we must uh, conversate with our colleagues and I agree with Maxim and uh, my small shot I forgot my small shot you know <laughs> so what was the question no, no, <laughs> I'm, ask, I, I'm just simply ah, asking teacher, 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 yeah. your, your future your future is very short you can't remember the questions <laughs> for me uh, this unfortunately all problems is uh, creates a big opportunities maybe it's not unfortunately but it is like that so this huge problem creates a lot of problems in uh, different families in ukraine but at the same time and i'm sorry about that uh, but at the same time it's uh, create an amazing opportunity for ukraine as a country as uh, um not, not people's nationality nationality yeah for, for, for nation to become yes. united and uh, I think that in this uh, way of thinking, we, uh, if we will keep it, uh, and if we will use this opportunity uh, with city, with destroyed city to rebuild it uh, in a way uh, how it not it, how it was historically, but to show the ident Ukrainian identity. So uh, then uh, it will works uh, in amazingly uh, gorgeous way for Ukraine. So this is my, I'm optimistic. So, so like Very that. Thank you. <laughs> so optimistic and poetic. What a, what a lovely way to finish. So look, that's, that's the end of the conversation. Thank you very much. It's been a, a genuine pleasure to, to talk with all of you in Lviv. That's Maximum Bodan and uh, Lublin. Julia's in Lublin at the moment. Yeah. Uh, so I want to thank you all very much for your time. Wish you all every success, security and, uh, and health. In the coming months, I hope everything improves. I hope the war is resolved to your satisfaction and we can meet again in happier times in the UK or over there with yourselves. So to all of you listening, thank you all very much indeed for your time. Until the next time, goodbye. <laughs>